Hi everyone, welcome to the Superhuman Switch, a mind, body, business empowering podcast guaranteed to switch your superhuman levels on. I'm your host, Saf. Today I'm joined with Tima Drian. Tima is the first Lebanese woman to climb Mount Everest in 2019. The first Lebanese woman to ski the final degree of the South Pole. And by this, she finishes the seven summits, which is the highest mountains in the seven continents. Tima is not only a mountaineer and a mountain climber, she's a mission-driven founder. She founded Mountain Gypsy for coaching. She founded Feministia Feministia for uh, a sustainable fashion brand. And she wrote Curly Adventures, which is a book written for kids to encourage them to believe that they can achieve anything they set their minds to. So, Tima, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. And I'm very happy to be here. That's really exciting. And uh, I don't know, honestly, from where to start. But uh, the only thing that I can say that my daughter and I yesterday, we read your book, Mount Everest, Mount okay. Everest, Girly Adventure. And uh, she asked me a simple question to ask you. Okay. Is Milo real? I knew it. <laughs> I've done a lot of uh, book readings in school, and that's the question. It, was Milo really with her? Like, what kind of animal it is? Is it what? what is it a squirrel? And I'm like, okay, so it's a marmot. Okay. And marmots usually live on altitude. They survive on high altitudes. Okay. So they're usually good climbers. Um, so Milo is not real no <laughs> it's a character in the story because i wanted to do i i, I put my real story into the book mm-hmm. but i wanted to make it children friendly i wanted to do it entertaining and i wanted to bring that teamwork and friendship and like and all those elements that children might go through in school about yeah. friends and milo was my friend in the story and Milo is really so I did have a friend on um, on the mountain okay so I made him as a marmot instead instead of a human because I thought it's cuter I love it actually yeah I spent some time yesterday to to discuss it with her and she she loved the idea and how basically we look into the the challenges and not as an adult as a kid when they have this kind of an aspiration mm. and they think okay am I able to do it do I need to check with my my family my parents my mom my dad and the way the story was told is really inspiring in the way that you have imagination yeah. and you have basically a key challenge. And in the same time, you went through the journey with all the ups and downs with it. So this is, I think, is a very good starting point to see how Tima basically, she realized that she's an adventurer. And of course, this how applies not only the amazing achievement you've done recently, which is last December. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And of course, that having an impact on the other things that you do, because you are a mission-driven founder, and all your mission now is, of course, to educate not only the coaching, but at least for the kids, because I've seen some amazing activities you're discussing with the kids, how they can achieve anything they set. That's definitely true. I mean, climbing mountains is definitely a privilege, and I'm very lucky to have had that kind of life and chosen that kind of life. And the fact that I have followed my dream despite everything that I had to lose and gain throughout the journey. And being here today, um, I quit the, my career job and my uh, corporate job, and I focused on what I want. Uh, and I really think the mountains have taught me so much. 
and prog- يعني I was progressing in such a like strong way and my my mind was functioning in a different way throughout the eight years and the only thing it would only be unfair not to share this with the world mm-hmm. and I do those things then I really want to see a better world I think we all have responsibility to make this world better Um, when it comes to my woman empowerment side, I'm doing yeah. what I'm doing because women in history have fought so hard. There's a lot of women who have to, had to die for that reason, to, for, for them to pave the way for, for us to continue. And we all have the responsibility to continue paving the way for others. Nafsishi uh, with the children. So children are focusing sometimes on different things and parents are struggling and there's so much happening and sometimes the parents have already embedded thoughts or beliefs in, in their head or, or an idea of what their child want to be. That's true. And I struggled with that because my parents also struggled with that from the, the, their parents. Yani the more you go backwards, at least in the Middle East, the more you realize it was a really rigid, fixed mindset. This is what we expect you to be. This is where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if not, then... You have the type of parents who's going to be okay, but I'm going to be a little upset. And you have the type of parents that I will not talk to you anymore. Wow. It's done. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, for me, I just want this book. I love the fact that you read it with your daughter because it shows you that you cannot label your daughter or like have a vision for her and expect her to be on that road. Mm-hmm. Let her dream. Let her try. Let her tackle things in different way. And she needs all her five senses needs to be activated Absolutely. until she figures out what she wants. And when she wants that, just be the backbone and let her try until she fails. And if she fails and tries again, then it looks like she's a little bit passionate about it. And I want the children to believe in that. Mm-hmm. And so dream big and never give up, basically. Absolutely. I cannot agree more in the reality that um, it's, it's a struggle, especially for the parents, that they are already conditioned with like, a type of society that to be always conservative mm-hmm. and not to push your boundaries. But uh, this is what I really like now that I'm, I'm witnessing a lot of like initiatives driven by you or by, by anyone else who's like really encouraging basically this type of mindset. Explore yourself, explore your energy, explore where basically you find yourself. And at the same time, not to have this kind of impact on personal level, but try to also teach others. Yeah. This is basically what I started to be attracted to, to, to these kind of missions, especially that we're both coming from the same country. And uh, with the all environment and the challenges that we went through, we're always on the exploration, basically. Where, where can we find another activity and how we can challenge ourselves? But I'm really interested to go back a little bit, I would say, to your childhood. And because it's clear on the, on the, on the, uh, on the book, mm. but I'm really interested to have like really kind of like what's the switch that turned your mind that, okay, this is my aspiration. You got exposed to the mountains and this is where I'm going. The introduction of the book and how it starts isn't the full story, of course. And she was a little bit more younger, so the children can connect with it. Mm-hmm. But how it started was, so I was a very, like, what the standard and normal is. And I was a, ch- a girl who goes to school, who had to score high in her grades. And I was very good at school. Um, and, and then I, I like sports, so I used to play a lot on the street. So I, so I was born in Kuwait, and then I moved to Lebanon when I, my family moved, my parents moved to Lebanon when mm-hmm. I was, I think, two or three years old. Okay. And then being in Lebanon, I used to love being on the streets, playing with other kids and trying everyone's toys and all that. Uh, and then we moved to the UAE, and it was a completely new environment. So I think I was eight or nine years old mm-hmm. when we moved here, and I was 
just studying in school and just doing what a girl at my age would do yeah. back then. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a big <laughs> difference now. And then we went to Nepal as a family trip, and I, we, I was about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, we flew over the Himalayas as part of the trip. It was an experience. And while we were on the plane, the pilot says, if you look outside now, we are flying above Mount Everest. Mount Everest is the highest mountain in the world. And I was just mind blown, you know, the highest mountain in the world. Yeah. So I was like, all the years and eyes and looking outside the window. I came back, uh, we went down from the flight and um, they gave me a certificate that says, I flew over Everest, but I did not climb it. And I'm like, uh, no, I can't climb it. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I told my parents, I'm going to get a certificate that says I climbed it. And I still have that certificate to date. Um, so I completely forgot about it. Uh, and I went back, back to school. I was always into sports. So I was in the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And then I tried the swimming uh, team. A- and I kept on trying different sports. And then I got into bungee jumping. And I was so in love into bungee jumping. And like I would like do a checklist about the highest bungee jumps around the world. Okay. So I've done about six or seven, I think. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I loved sports. And then I got into scuba diving, and I went advanced, and I wanted to become the best scuba diver. But then I saw a shark once, and I'm just like, this is extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> and everyone's like, there's a shark. And I'm like, oh, we're dead. <laughs> like, no. Uh, and then I went into skydiving, and I started skydiving. And I had uh, this small incident, uh, and I just didn't like it. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. Yeah. And uh, I, I was still working. In a multinational, and uh, we had the Seskakov meeting. I was going through this phase of, of my life, so I studied for, uh, I went for an um, exchange program in the US, and I came back, and my world just changed after coming back from the US. Uh, I questioned everything, literally everything, like, okay. because it was a completely different world. I was exposed to women's rights, I was exposed to everything, all concepts you can think about yeah. that I wasn't exposed to it here because I, I was limited with the information I was I receiving. See. So I was going through this phase and there was a lot happening and I wasn't feeling happy with my work when I got it and I was in finance and I'm just like, okay, I need to climb the career ladder because that's what is expected of me. Exactly. And then this guy comes and start talking about his experience with Mount Everest. And I'm like, wait, that was my dream 10 years ago. Yeah, I was 24. And I'm like, okay, I need to like figure out how to get myself to Everest. This is my way out of this job. I need to go climb Mount Everest. <laughs> and then I did my research and it, apparently it takes two months to climb. Uh, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. People die there. And I was intimidated after doing the research. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, what am I thinking about? It looks like it's extremely dangerous. So obviously you watch the movie Mount Everest. And after that, you're like, mm. Like you have to read the book, the Into Thin Air, which is exactly oh, yeah. it's the condition of the. And yeah. Surprisingly, I, I I read it on my way to uh, to Alvarez. Oh, okay. And you don't have to read such a book on the <laughs> way there. Before, exactly before you climb. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I said, you know what, I'm gonna try to climb my first mountain, and I was already she 23, 24, and um, and yeah, it turned out to be there was a trip. Uh, that was going after a month to Mount Elbrus. I was already very fit because I never stopped. Uh, I've been always into fitness. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll sign up. What does it take? And then I just received the gear list. I'm like, 
what is this? <laughs> <laughs> There's a hammer. And what are those spikes? And, 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 and I didn't know what a crampon is. Yeah. What, and it wasn't a plastic boot. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm like, this is like weird. But anyway, I went online. I Googled everything I was reading on the gear list. Yeah. And I understood how it functions, why it works. So I'm like, okay, let's buy them. And then you look at the prices. And I was still very young back then. And I was still making peanuts. I was, st- I was starting one. Exactly. Like, geez, like those are expensive. What if I don't like the sport? Like, okay, I have a dream, but I don't know if I like it. Ma, I started skydiving and I stopped. Yeah. And I did scuba diving and I didn't like it. And I've done other things. True. Okay, I rented. Uh, I think eighty percent of the gear. I rented my boots, ice axe, and I bought a backpack basically like and it. Gore-Tex yeah. and jacket, mm-hmm. and I used whatever I have to, as like different layers mm-hmm. because I just didn't want to go full on not knowing how I'm gonna feel about it. Smart. I came back and uh, it was like a 10 days trip and I'm like, I was healed. I don't know how from all the things I was going through before I go. I was confident. I was, I think there was serenity in my, uh, in my soul, in, my, in me, in my mind. And I was able to think in a strategic, strategic way. And I, obviously this is for the first month, but then you go back to default. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Because it becomes like a drug. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you're like, if I feel like this is the best version of me. Yeah. And on the mountain, like hey, the, the, the rewarding feeling on the summit and coming back from the summit. And it feels such an achievement. And, and it's so hard to explain it to people sometimes because after going through all the hardship to make it all the way to the top, some people might tell you, okay, but it's just, you know, you're climbing, you're putting yourself out there. But y- throughout the process, you're building techniques for your mind to cope with uh, hardship with failures with fear and you start learning so much logistics everything so it's very rewarding so i'm like you know what this is it i'm gonna stop everything else since it's an expensive sport as well true and i'm gonna i didn't know the seven summits my dream was still everest but after everest my dream was to climb as much mountains as i can around the world okay and then obviously Becoming a climber or like climbing the first mountain. And I think people might relate, whoever is climbing. (laughs) You climb one of the seven summits and everybody starts telling you, so you're going to finish the seven summits? Typical question. (laughs) (laughs) So so I was was still that person. I don't know. Like, what's the seven summits? Tell me. Go with the flow. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, so Everest is one of them. So basically I did two now. Okay. I'm so close. There's there's five to go. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, my summer seven summits journey started, um, and uh, I climbed other mountains, of course, because I I love mountaineering and being outdoors. That's that's really inspiring, and I'm planning to book my ticket now because I got this kind of an addiction, mm. especially when I moved from the corporate and decided to have the leap of faith. I decided to climb at Concagua mm. just to have this kind of disconnection and see where are my limits, and thankfully it was an amazing journey coming back with this energy yeah. but again this will like fade away after a while <laughs> but yeah i have i have potential plan but i'm not pushing it i would say for the summit summit uh, but let's see how it goes but what uh, what's really interesting about basically how you built up the resilience and you started to practice this sport where i know the challenge technically and how you plan for it and how much is expensive for the bookings and for the preparation and if you're lucky by having a strong team that goes with you because I strongly believe that it is a main pillar mm. to make the trip successful or not. 
But uh, now uh, I'm interested to go a little bit about the transition uh, or basically the trip that you took for all these mountains. So which mountain is considered basically the most technical, mentally and I would say physically? Um, you see, I got asked this question and I will say Denali. Mm. And no, Denali is a beautiful mountain and it's it's not a walk in the park because there is a lot of crevasses yeah. throughout the climb. You have to climb. drag all the yeah, And you need to be focused. So one, the airplane just drops you in the middle of nowhere, just snow and it starts. First day is okay, but you have 30 kgs on your backpack and 30 kgs in your sled. sled. And uh, you have your shovel, you need to do everything, which is what is mountaineering, which mm-hmm. something I, I genuinely love, like doing everything. You need to melt your, uh, make water, so you need to melt snow, collect snow, and you need, it's all about teamwork. We were about uh, seven people in the team, so we had to divide the rice, the pasta, the stoves, uh, who does what on the next day, who needs to fix yeah. things, setting up the tents in, like, in, in a chaotic environment when the, the wind is blowing. Um, so it teaches you a lot. In technicality, there is only the head wall probably mm-hmm. and like on the summit so when i would I, I wouldn't say i've um a technical mountain on high altitude where you had to rock climb and uh, stuff like that I, i've never experienced something that's too extreme that's mm-hmm. too hard mm-hmm. usually those mountains um the, ra- the routes on those mountains are open in a way where maximum climb can be 4b to 5a something yeah. like amadablon for example yeah. going to camp to mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say technical, but I would say the way you live and the amount of energy you need to put is definitely Denali and uh, Mount Vincent mm-hmm. and the South Pole. Like it's a lot of hard work because yeah. you're not just there to climb and uh, be with uh, with yourself. And you get there, you climb, and then there's a lot of work. You're a team, and you need to all work together to set up camp. You don't have a Sherpa. Uh, you don't have, uh, I don't know, a porter. True. You're carrying everything on your own. It's a real proper expedition. Not to put down any other expedition, but it's the kind of expeditions that I genuinely like. So eh, you start like digging in the snow, building the camp, setting up tents, and then you finish. And if you see the other d- team is struggling, you need to get there, help them, because the wind is blowing, and you build that relationship within the team. Yeah. Um, so Dinali has this uh, very nice feeling of it, and it makes it hard work. Mm-hmm. So you're restless all the time, and definitely Vincent and the South Pole. Love it. How Stima is taking care of her health outside of the mountains? I would say on a daily basis, as, as a lifestyle. Mm. Look, I have a very balanced lifestyle. Um, I enjoy eating uh, burgers and pizzas, but I don't enjoy eating them every day. Mm-hmm. Like once every once a month, maybe I don't know. And that, yeah, and I'm not a big uh, junk eater. For example, if we're talking about food, working out is something that's very important to me. But I do have just like any other humans uh, weeks where I don't work out. Because, for example, Halam I'm in Dubai, I'm literally back to back from when I wake up until I'm back home and then I need to finish stuff on my laptop till 12. So time, like it's an opportunity cost and I'm not here all the time. So I can't work out Mm. and I need to accept it. Before that, I used to beat myself up and no, I didn't work out today. My muscles, my endurance, everything is gone. I reached a point where, okay, I will work out. I do have a program. I know when I go back, for example, to Geneva now, what I'm going to do, and I prepare. 
um, so it's a very balanced lifestyle. I do not beat myself up. Mm -hmm. I don't go extreme with my food. I don't go extreme with my training. I keep it balanced. Of course, if I'm preparing for the trip, I start working out towards the trip. Mm -hmm. So I'm a lot into the uh, heart rate zone. Um, I work on my base. I build a very, very strong base. So I've been climbing for a while. I always say my body is made for the mountains because uh, <laughs> that's what it feels like. True. Yeah, and even if I haven't trained in a while and you put me on a trail to go do an eight to 12 hours hike, I'll be completely fine. Mm -hmm. And like my body is, it's a muscle memory. But obviously you have to train it. But True. sometimes even if you don't train it, it comes back. And this is why I do not panic when I don't train. Uh, but again, so I start with training on uh, my, I take my average heart rate. You do the test yeah, when you're running. True. And I train very low, so you would never see me on yeah, the normal zone day. Zone two is the ideal, exactly. basically. Like I'm pulling a truck while a wheel, and like I'm sweating, and mm -hmm. I can't breathe. No, no, I need a healthy heart. True. So I do. I build my base, and before the trip, I start adding high intensity, where I work on a 140, 145, and down, and it has worked perfectly for me. Mm -hmm. That's why I can go like for 14 hours on the mountain on and on and my body can make it because it's been trained to do that it has a strong base amazing so that's the 20 percent of the training i was going to tell you that because <laughs> i want to see basically how you manage your mindset or basically the mental toughness i wouldn't mm. say mental toughness it's it has a, a negative connotation but of course uh, we discussed this even before the podcast how the mind is 80 percent actually i give it more sometimes mm. uh, how you manage this of course in the expeditions or in your life it's the, how you look into it as I grow and as I practice and as I get more experience, I can realize the difference with my mindset. We always tend to go back to default in, in a specific situation. If something hits the fan, at the moment, how you react says it all, right? And it's all about the, the reflex, the reaction. You, wanna, you don't want to react. You want to have a, a neutral state where you're solution-based. And this is what the mountains have been teaching me. So if, if you talk to me in 2016 when I first started, I'm still an impulsive person. I'm still someone, and okay, if I put something into my mind, I will get to it. But I will get to it even if I'm, I'm gonna hurt myself along the way, along the journey, and hurt other people, and say things, and do things. And if a problem happens, I'm like so into the problem, I'm overwhelmed, overwhelmed I'm anxious. Those things started going away, one, with therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, I do therapy, and I only started, like, I think a year ago. Okay. And strictly once a week at least uh, to, one, work on your childhood trauma, because uh, we all have childhood trauma, and two, to become the best version of yourself, mm -hmm. because you start realizing where are these thoughts and actions are really coming from, because sometimes we might be talking about a problem here, but if you dig deeper, there's a big problem that happened way, uh, like in the, the past, in the yeah. and we, we don't even know about it. So your subconscious is acting upon it. So therapy is very important. Uh, two, uh, practice. So in the mountain, uh, my mindset games, I have few hacks that I use them. So on days I'm extremely exhausted, I'm in pain, I'm tired. My body is very weak on some days, but I need to keep on going. There is no stopping. And my brain would tend to start saying, oh, I'm tired, I mm. can't do this anymore. But I've built that mindset of there's no turning back. Like, no, 
Mm-hmm. And I, I realize that my body is not tired. It's my mind that is tired. And when I have, when I split between both and I realize it's my mind that's being weak not right now, not my body, I keep on pushing. Uh, I, I do one step at a time. So on the mountain, I see a rock and I'm like, let's count my steps to that rock. And then we'll reconsider how tired I am. Because if I make it there, it means I'm not as tired. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a mind game. You keep on pushing. And then another rock. And this is where I differentiate between the long term and the short term goals. So I don't look at the summit, although it's so tempting. We all want to reach our goals. Mm-hmm. Our goals or our vision is the most exciting thing in our journey right because i want to get there mm-hmm. but so we tend to like lose focus in the process and we're not enjoying the journey and when you start looking at the short-term goals like the next step the next step the next ladder the overcoming this crevasse it becomes fun and it becomes easier it looks um, it doesn't look as tall it doesn't look as hard it doesn't it's not as cold anymore because you're here now so short-term goals instead of long-term goals um I'm thinking of all the mind hacks I do. I talk to myself instead of uh, listening to myself. I'm very big on this. Uh, at the beginning, it felt like I'm crazy. But then you start realizing, like, no, it's working. Yeah, and no, it's a whole conversation. True. If Anna, I'm my best friend, and I see my best friend is fine, but I see that they are, like, covered with anxiety and overwhelmed, and they're overwhelmed with all those negative feelings, and they can't get out. You just need to clear that space, and you talk to them. True. So I, I thought, like, Khalas, I, we can do it. I know you're tired. And for example, Hala on the South Pole, we take a break for 12 minutes between every hour, mm-hmm. and it's, like, eight hours. And every time we take a break, my fingers are just frozen. I don't even take out my gloves. Yeah. But I have... The blood flow. Uh, exactly. So my fingers, my toes, and my nose, <laughs> just frozen. The extremities. Exactly. And yeah. it hurts. It. Um, I can't bend my, my fingers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I need to eat. I need to drink. I need to rehydrate. So I just deal with it at the moment. And I like try to take my gloves off, do some stuff, put them back on. And then I have my mittens on. And above those mittens, I put them. There's this thing in the south pole where you put on your ski poles that it goes in yeah because it's extremely cold it's minus 55 it's the most difficult part just to put it back exactly and, and I'm t- my teeth <laughs> and i'm trying to figure it out and i, I don't I with the string. <laughs> so so the first day was hard i'm like okay you need to suck it up but there must be a way that we can figure this thing out second day i'm like okay let me calculate so i was playing some uh, music mm. and like i'll put three songs to four so those are like 15 minutes because mm-hmm. you lose track of time exactly <laughs> so it took me three to four songs to warm down my hands so okay uh every day hella every time we ski every break i know they're gonna get cold mm-hmm. and now i'm ready okay yalla, I, I was gonna get cold now and now we're gonna get up i'm like okay let's wait just ski for 15 minutes because it will go back to being warm. Exactly. And now I trusted the process and it was getting warm every time and 15 minutes. And then I'm like, what if I convinced myself it can come down in five to 10 minutes? <laughs> Maybe that would have been faster. Mind over matter. Exactly. Literally mind over matter. So uh, ah, I didn't see it. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, because it's, it's crazy. So it works. It works. So that's why I like the mountains and you can test these things in other environments. Mm. But you need to be aware that you're testing them because I'm very much into growth mindset and I've done a coaching uh, course for 
for a while and I coached other people and I, I was learning from that and that's how I'm developing my workshop through growth mindset in situations I say okay right now I'm having a fixed mindset mm. what would my growth mindset do instead and all the solutions starts coming up I realize I have so many options because I'm solution based now I know everything has a solution I'm ready to learn something new I'm ready to try something new so on the mountain these things are maybe faster to learn I would say natural natural and faster and it's a life and death thing absolutely and you need to survive and you need to quickly find solutions that's the interesting part because it's it's we are conditioned in a different way and we're not living I would say the natural way where you have to be on the survival mode mm. and you pick up on things all what you mentioned basically are amazing hacks that can be applied on real life yeah but the funny part about basically the how you set the target and the and the, you look into it uh, I met an amazing guy He's a veteran mountaineer in Latin America and Argentina. He's Brazilian. And out of fun during the recovery in the camp, I was telling him, give me the best advice you can give me now. And he told me, don't think about the summit. Mm. Exactly, exactly what you mentioned. And the second tip, bring a newspaper with you to do your number two on the... On <laughs> For me, I, I prefer the second one because logistically is the best thing you can do on the mountain. And I remember we laughed about this when you posted something, uh, basically the typical question, where do you do it? Yeah. And uh, I know it's it's, it's a challenge. <laughs> it is. And for us women, it's even better. I know. Because I our, our, our gear, our clothes are not made like... Uh, it's, it, it's like not, it's not accessible. I uh, know, I know. That's why uh, this is basically one of the tips or skills that we we as men we have the uh, pee bottle yeah. that you can keep it. But we tip. can use pee bottle. Yeah, it's it's but logistically it's mm. it's more practical for the guys. And yeah. this funny part that on the second day when you wake up and temperature is like becomes an ice cream. Exactly. Don't use as as ice cream. You have to put label to make sure that no one is, is by mistake <laughs> use it. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, all what you mentioned basically how you look into the small steps and not to be overwhelmed or basically I would say scared about basically the outcome. I wouldn't say enjoy the process, but live with the moment and see how it goes. And all this going back to your point on the mountain specifically. It can multiply, basically, how you take action, how you think, how you look into your teams, how you work as a team. A lot of elements, I am strongly believe that on the mountains, it can condition you to handle life a little bit easier. Mm. But my only concern, as you mentioned, that after two months of this trip, you go back to the, to the trenches of like the society, the conditioning, the, the responsibility attached to it. Uh, you're vocal about your traumas, and what you mentioned is really inspiring because uh, it's really important, especially these days, that we dig into uh, our our basically psyche and subconscious. Because I'm sure everyone, in my in my personal opinion, who's I consider them as a high achiever, is basically based on something that triggered him to do it. Where unfortunately for the people that they are living in a good condition, they don't have this kind of like trick or something I need to achieve. So. How are you on this journey? On how are you handling this kind of trauma on basically this process? How I'm handling my traumas uh, as in like from the childhood yeah. or what's happening now? Because I'm still getting traumatized. <laughs> on daily basis, we get traumatized. <laughs> it's a choice now. But uh, what you mentioned basically that we reach a point of maturity. Yeah. So we accept everything as it is. Mm. And our skill and mature and become wiser mm. that how we can handle these traumas. Okay. But uh, is this something that 
it's always giving you a drive to make sure that you are achieving stuff. Because, of course, we can talk about the business side of things yeah. and how the challenges that comes with it. We briefly discussed it before the podcast. How you overcome it becomes easier for you because you are in a very good condition. Yeah. But everything comes with a negative impact, I would say. Mm. But you're okay now, so... I'm not, I wouldn't say, look, we're never okay. We mm. are all work in progress, whatever. Yeah. Because there is always space to improve. And it's up to you if you want to progress or not. And both options are completely fine. I agree. But I always emphasize on mental health, and I do share, and as you said, I'm vocal about my traumas because I'm trying to get everybody around me to do it, but I cannot force them because it's their journey. Because I can see, that I know I, I, because I went through the journey and I realized how much easier my life became when I understood me properly, when I understood my past and, and I learned how to work with it in the present. Because I don't want to react because of something. And we, we might have abandonment issues, we might have, we have so many issues, uh, insecurities, but in the situation, before I react, and I ask myself, what insecurity is this tapping into? Because my feelings are rising. I can feel I'm feeling something. And I was a very angry person. I'm someone who can get angry just like that. And now, I, instead of getting angry, or when I feel I'm starting to get angry, I start thinking, what is this waking up in me? There is the child in me who is irritated from this specific situation or action, and I need to understand it. And when I understand it, I do not react the same way. I don't come and I start want attack and get angry and make a big deal out of it. Instead, I r recognize this in my head now and know, okay, that's an insecurity. It's coming because that and that and that happened. And if I react now, it's just going to make me look small because I'm taking things personal. What's really cool, you stop taking things personal because you know it's not... The people are not attacking you. You, it's how you interpret what you're hearing, mm -hmm. and it's very important. True. And I always say, when it comes to therapy, mental health, working on yourself, imagine you break your hand. Okay, now you have a broken hand. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you break your hand? Uh, for me, I will cry. <laughs> okay, and after crying, <laughs> <laughs> I will have to live with it. Of course, I will uh, try okay. to fix it. So you're gonna go to the hospital to try and fix it, right? You're not gonna like go ask your um, wife, uh, "Can you please fix my hand? That's broken." I'm sure right? she will panic anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you will go to the hospital. You will seek professional help. And if you don't seek professional help and you decide to live with it as it is broken, you're not gonna use it the same anymore. It will not function how it's supposed to function. It's mm. not the best version of my my hand. This, this needs to be strong. I need to do things. I'm doing everything with my hand during True. the day. And it's the same thing with our feelings and our thoughts and our actions and our mental health. It's the exact same thing. We all have scars from specific situations in our lives. And if we do not seek professional help, then how are we going to fix it? I can mm. talk sometimes to a friend, that's one thing. But sometimes the intensity of that scar or the deepness of the scar is so deep that you really need professional help. You need someone to stitch it now. So you go to someone who's a professional and they help you cope with it until it comes back to functioning. It might not function the same, but it will function better. And I always say, Anjad, if you want to achieve the best version of yourself, you have to work on yourself, just like the gym. 
you have to work on your in your mental health. It starts with therapy, and then you go to coaching. Let's say I want to become better in my business. I do find a coach. I want to enhance my mindset. I do find a coach. Hello, Safi, and like what do you call them? Shiftalion, dressing coach, hairstyle. There's different kind of coaches. And you know what? I think it's great because people are doing research and reading and Becoming collecting information aware. about True. it. And when you're working with that person who have have the dictionary of how to achieve or get to where you want to be, that's great. So always try to work on yourself. We're all f- forever work in progress. Mm-hmm. And we can always improve and become better and find better ways to do things. I love this perspective. And I know basically that in my, my opinion, the, the background or the scars or the trauma you have the option to make you stronger and mm. not to have them as basically the anchor or dragging you to negative thoughts. Uh, how do you carry yourself as as now Tima, who achieved all of this? I wouldn't say on social media, but at least in the presence of others, because what you're doing now, with the, I call it a mission, mm. and not, oh, okay, I achieved this. You are using this with a mission. This yeah. is basically what really personally I attracted to it. And this is what I'm trying even to educate and teach my kids if they want to do something, do it not with passion. You can have this argument about if it's a passion or a mission or a purpose. Mm. How do you carry yourself now with what's after this achievement? Mm. I'm really interested to hear how you're handling everything now. I mean, I think I have a very big responsibility. Um, I would lie to you if I tell you, oh, I'm very humble about it. And yeah, that's it. No, I want to do something with it because it will only be unfair if um, I take it as an experience for myself because I was very lucky not everybody can go to Antarctica and live where I lived not everybody can go through Everest and live where I lived because either they don't want or they can't or they're limited there's a lot of factors that wouldn't allow you to go there so being one of the very few people who have been able to do those things okay that's great but it's not about I did and I did. Yeah, okay, I did. But now, what is it that I'm going to do with it to give back? Mm-hmm. And not give back in a sense, let's do charity law. Give back, let's change mindsets. Let's empower women. Let's like upskill youth and help children develop growth mindset. Because I'm confident what you ex- about what you expose your children to, right? If Anna, Anna, I am going to have, I have the best conversations with children mm-hmm. and they have the best questions. And sometimes it's very funny because because they think what I'm saying is not true until they see the real pictures. And to me, I'm just like, we need to change this mindset. And my mission is to, one, uh, represent the image of a strong Arab woman. Mm -hmm. I have a passion to that. Uh, And that's why I'm very much into feminist. I'm trying to uh, make people understand that it's not women being better than men. It's all about balance Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to youth. I enjoy having conversations with youth. I have a brother who's 16 years old. And what I hear from him and how he lives and the things he's exposed to, I wasn't exposed to it when I was 16. I mean, yeah. we didn't have TikTok. We didn't have, we, we were starting to have Facebook, I think. And it worries me. But then when I have conversations, uh, we, we speak about mindset. We speak about how he deals with bullying or his friends at school. or And I find it very inspiring to hear from him. And he finds it inspiring to hear from me. Love it. Uh, and then when it comes to children, through the books, through the book readings, um, you start showing them a different perspective. Sure. And one, it's fun. I really enjoy it. And and two, I know that I have planted the seed for them just to think, what if I think of something else? Because I try to say the world is yours. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think. I used to think, and oh, I'm in Dubai. I live here. 
this is no I, the world is mine and like we're we're in the globalization age yeah, you know? through the internet you can access the world now but you can also travel there go mm. explore reflect understand who you are i want everyone to achieve the best version of themselves but i still understand everyone goes through their own journey so i would never force it but i would have conversations i will uh, deliver workshops and i will plant those seeds i will do books uh, there's so much to do with the mountains mm-hmm. because i have it now so this is my responsibility i love it i was going to ask about what's your mission but i think you explained it very well so i don't I will not tap into this question uh, and and based on that the book uh, first of all i want you to sign it for my daughter of course because we read it and she's she's mm. now a fan of you <laughs> and <laughs> i wish i could meet her now yeah, she, she's at school I need to do you know what's her, her dream <laughs> say again what's her dream her dream uh, mm. is to love her dad more cool <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually this is the funny thing uh, her name is jude by the way if you want hey, to write. I don't but uh, the, the, the funny part uh, i don't like to ask the question what do you want to be mm. because this is basically where what you mentioned is really cool is that this is where the kids becomes conditioned or become conditioned that okay uh, i was like ask this question and i have the responsibility to to answer it and become this where not really mm. it's that's why i don't like this so i don't i will not ask her what do you want to be or what's your dream i'm just gonna be around her to support her in her journey that's uh, i mean that's my mission uh, i think it's a great way to look at it but i also think it's nice for her to explore because when you ask what what your dream is um they start thinking what is my dream maybe i can have yeah, the dream yeah open the horizon just uh, to think just to think widely. just to think maybe she wants to climb mountains maybe she i've met this girl once once she said i want to be a dancer and i want to be the best dancer and i want to write a book about dancing like you did i'm like that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> i wish i go into dancing <laughs> that's really cool thank you for signing tina it's it's, it's really amazing Pleasure. to have you Uh, where people can find you? I'm, uh, of course, we're going to share the, all the social media handles, of hey. course, with everything, but I would love just to hear your voice, where people can reach out to you. So you can find me on Instagram at Mountain Gypsy, uh, on Facebook. Uh, I'm working on my TikTok. Uh, and I have my website, uh, timaderian.com, and I'm building my business website, which is mountaingypsy.com. Um, so I'm everywhere. Just Google. I'm a Google away, actually, and I'm very easy to reach. I'm very open to answer any questions, anyone who wants to climb a mountain anyone who has a question about mind coaching mindset coaching i'm easy to reach sweet i'll put all the social media handles and the website on the show notes so no worries about it but again thank you very much for for being on the show thank you very well thank you everyone for tuning in uh, and i'm really grateful for the messages i'm receiving I will definitely do my best to improve on the show. And uh, special thanks to my son, 13 years old son. He's helping me now in the podcast production, on the video podcast. And uh, you can follow us on uh, on Apple, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, and YouTube, uh, where you can share, like, comment, and uh, on superhumanswitchpodcast.com. Get your switch on. Tima, it's really a pleasure to have you here. It will not be the last conversation, by the way. We'll see that for sure. Saf, you're such a great host. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Take care. You too.